Welcome to the Conversations That Matter podcast. My name is John Harris. I have a very special guest with me today. I'm actually very excited about this interview uh, with Paul Popov, and he is going to be sharing a little bit about his ministry, about um, his experience in Bulgaria and uh, his father's experience there, and what communism did, not only to his country, but to the church and how it infiltrated the church. And then I'm going to see if we can pick his brain about some of the things going on in the United States and the Western world. So, uh, Mr. Popov, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, to start off, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry. And and I know you're showing me some books. Why don't you show me the books that you have that people can purchase if they want to know more? Some of them, unfortunately, like this book here. Uh, I was a communist prisoner, published by Sondervan Publishing House many years ago. is unfortunately not available any longer, but it was a very um, big thorn in the flesh of communism because it actually does not deal with the theoretical part of communism, but what communism really is, the practical aspect. My father used to say, I not only know communism theoretically because he was indoctrinated in it in the in the prison during the time when they were trying to convert the christians into believing in communism instead but i have experienced it in my life and therefore i know the truth and jesus as you know says it by the fruit you shall know them mm, absolutely yeah Another book that has been very popular around the world, 25 different languages, is the Tortured for His Faith, which I would like to make available to people in North America who are interested in reading about this story. And uh, they can maybe contact us through the website or through email or through uh, phone conversation. We can give them the information later and I'll be happy to, to send them a copy of that book because we believe that people need to know what communism is in reality, not in theoretical speeches. Mm. And today, I would say United States is closer to communism than it has ever been in the history. In the 30s, there was many who tried to bring communism to United States. The Communist Party USA made uh, many inroads in the church, especially in the uh, so-called liberal churches in the East Coast. Um, but it was never a success. They tried very hard. Many people joined them, but it was not a nationwide movement. Today, I see signs that makes me a little bit more nervous. Now, uh, I, we can, let's talk about that and then we'll get into the story of, of growing up in Bulgaria. But what are the signs that you just mentioned in the United States that, that you're seeing uh, as someone growing up in communism that you say, wait a minute, that sounds familiar or, or, or looks like communism? Well, it is in, in uh, communism, in Marxism, as you know, Marx, who kind of invented the word and the term of how people should become liberated and the proletariat should be uh, free from the capitalistic yoke. Um, he was not just a political, economical philosopher because he was a Christian when he was a young teenager. He, it, when he went to college, 
18 years of age, he turned into something totally opposite. And that studying of that, which I have done because Marx and Stalin are the two people who have influenced my life, unfortunately, more than anybody else, because I was without a father for 15 years. Um, and it is difficult for me to talk about that, to be honest with you. But I can tell you that my study of Marxism has led to believe that he is a Satanist, and that he became a devil's uh, enthusiastic worker. And as such, he turned socialism, which was originally a Christian idea, and there was many Christians who believed in socialism, in the late 1700 and early 1800. And the socialist movement was a very peaceful movement in the beginning till Marx took it over and Engels and a few other uh, people who was flirting with satanistic occultic uh, activities. And that is when it became dangerous and militant and, and, uh, and uh, became uh, how do you say, it grabbed hold of certain people in the world. And mm -hmm. as you probably do not know, uh, from 1860, 1870, when they really got the power, through Lenin in 1917, until 1977, they were able to conquer, and there was a socialist, communist governments in half of the world like half of the world's population. Some people even say 60% of the world's population in the late 70s was living under a communist government. Wow. Uh, so it is a satanic, evil, spiritual, um, we can also talk about uh, a cult, because this violent satanic cult has, um, have, been the number one enemy of the true church. People ask, why did it happen and how come? Well, the fact is that the churches, especially in the Eastern Bloc, the Soviet Union, later what it was, Russia at that time, was a dead church. The spiritual vitality of the church was not there. It was an organization affiliated with the Tsar, with the state, and a part of the oppressive system. That is the danger for the church today. When I see the church in the United States today, uh, where money is the God rather than the gospel, I get very sad and I realize that that is a very dangerous road. If the church is not strong, which I see in some sectors in this country, the that is a fertile ground for socialism and communism to grow. Because the socialist cult is a copy of Christianity, but devilish. They talk about the little poor people, the oppressed people. They talk about black people who are oppressed. They talk about other issues in society that is not totally good. We know that there is always bad things in every society that needs to be improved upon and so forth. But they take a very skillful 
advantage of that and take that to an extreme and then when they have the power and that's what I would like to talk about how gradually they were able to manipulate themselves into power in all the Eastern European countries while, while they had the power in, in what was Soviet Union in the 30s. As you know, Stalin was not exactly a, a, a nice person. Uh, one of the most ruthless killer of people in the world. And I am considering him more ruthless than even Mao Zedong. Uh, Stalin did probably uh, kill about 80 million people. Mao Zedong killed only eight, 60 million. Um, this is uh, why uh, we have to be concerned, we have to be watchful, and we have to make sure that our churches are vital and uh, thinking in such a way that they can prevent the socialist communist agenda rather than be an instrument of it. Well, speaking of being an instrument of the socialist communist agenda, I want to get back to the United States and how you think this is playing out. But first, tell me a little bit about Bulgaria and just your personal experience there, what your father experienced. How is it that the Marxists were able to infiltrate churches and then, um, I guess, persuade some Christians to accept the tenets of their belief? How, how did this all play out in your situation? Well, we have to go back a few years. It started out by the fact that they wanted to export, they want to liberate, quotation mark, the working class. So the revolution in Soviet Union, 1917, had to be exported to other countries. For that purpose, they invited people, and they had special training centers, and one is in, in a Siberian city of Ufa, where they invited people from all the Eastern European nations, like Bulgaria, Czechoslovakia, Poland, and, and, and uh, Hungary, etc. And they were there to be trained. And the training was how to infiltrate a country from within, not to attack it with military guns and weapons and, 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 and take over the country. Communism is much smarter than that. They didn't kill people right away. They had a, a trial first, and, and they went, wanted to make the propaganda work. And that's why the Cold War is, is a propaganda war, and, and they were very skillful, in, especially for many, many years, uh, how they could um, broadcast their propaganda around the world. The, the method that they use, they train those people in various places, and then they use thousands of those trained individuals in socialism and communism to become tools to go inside the country and take over each country from within. In Bulgaria, it was, they were called partisans and they went there to fight and deliver, liberate Bulgaria from the German occupation. During the Second World War, Bulgaria was occupied by Germany like Germany was uh, doing in many other countries. So that was the positive side. So many people helped them and gave them food and helped them in, in the, with the infrastructure and so forth. Till then, when the, when the, when the Western power uh, defeated the, the Germans and Hitler, then they left. And who there was a power vacuum, the political parties in Bulgaria 
the number one party, the biggest party was the agricultural party, Nikolai Petkov. Uh, he was realizing very clearly that the communists who now had a political party uh, wanted to take the power and wanted to have the position of the united front, the, the, the government, and they wanted the position of the interior minister. The minister of the interior are the one who is in charge of security and the police force and, and things like that. And he fought very hard already in 1944, according to documents that I recently found in the National Archive in Sweden, in Stockholm. Uh, I saw the telegrams between the Swedish embassy and the uh, and um, in Bulgaria and uh, Swedish foreign ministry in Stockholm. And I have read all of the documents in the, uh, the because we are hoping to make a movie one day, we are hoping to be able to, to put some of the, the methods of how the communists took power uh, in the movie, the movie about my father's life and so forth. This um, uh, was not successful. Because in '45 the uh, Red Army entered into Bulgaria to liberate us officially from the Germans, and because they were in the country, the secret police, who was trained very carefully by Stalin in Ufa and Leningrad and other places, they were able to manipulate everything so that they were able to get the interior ministry position and therefore control over the secret police. And the, the control of the police was the instrument that then the good people were killed off in various ways. And uh, they were gradually like uh, slicing the salami one piece by piece. And they were able to control the whole country. And that is when the short trials started in 46, 47, the Stalin uh, had already perfected them in Soviet Union. I just read recently that he started with the show trials already in the late 1920s. Mm. And it was just after he took the power uh, after Lenin's death. And it is uh, unbelievable how um, skillful they made those show trials to look like a real trial so that the people, the general opinion of the country was sympathetic to Stalin's endeavors. So in 1948, my dad was arrested together with 15 other leading evangelical Christian Protestant pastors. Uh, early in the morning at four o'clock, they knocked on the door. And as they always go in and, and ransack the home looking for evidence, uh, my mom was very frightened. I was still sleeping. My sister cried. And for after four hours of searching for documents, paperwork, papers, etc., and letters, they took my dad away and promised that he will soon come back. But he didn't come back. He didn't come back for 15 years. Oh they took him to secret police headquarters. And, and uh, there were the training that the secret police had received in Soviet Union was taking place. They had my dad write long, long, long letters day and night uh, telling exactly his life's story, who he met, 
where he was, what year he was where, and so forth and so on. And then they went to those people who he mentioned in the letters, in the, in the writing, and took them and interrogated them, and then they threatened them that they had to participate, otherwise their family members and relatives would be killed. And by threatening a lot of people like that, they were able to conduct a trial in, the, in 1948, 49, and then uh, this, the trial lasted for about 10 days. Everybody looked like they were a, a real judge, a real prosecutor, a real defense lawyer. Everything looked on the paper like it was a real trial of somebody who had done spying for United States and England on behalf of those two countries against the Soviet Union and the fatherland Bulgaria. So everything on the paper and so forth looked like it was a real trial of real people who, had, who confessed that they were spies and not pastors. And that is the devilish method of communism, that they are so skillful in not only perfecting lies, but also spreading them and distributing them. This is why they are so dangerous. And when I see that in this country, especially among young people who do not know the real history and do not know the real face of communism, I'm a little bit worried. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. I, I was hoping, um, if you wouldn't mind, can you expand a little on the infiltration from within? You talked about... Uh, so obviously, we're not at the point yet where pastors are being um, uh, treated in the way your father was treated yet. We could get there. But uh, before that happened, did, did you see uh, socialism coming into the churches there to persuade Christians to follow socialist uh, agenda? Well, the, the, the ministers, the leading minister, the, the head of the Evangelical Alliance, uh, people were called up to the, to the new minister, the communist minister of religious affairs and said to him, now you have to play by our book. It's a new time in Bulgaria. And if you participate in our endeavors and building communism in these countries, everything will be fine. But if you refuse, I cannot guarantee that you will be alive. So they went back and discussed with them, what shall we do? Uh, we can, we, can we, as Christians, uh, join an atheistic organization like the communism was? And everybody knew that they were, uh, uh, their agenda had to, very much to do with, with destroying uh, all religion, not only Christianity, all religion, and to build an atheistic paradise. Uh, communism was supposed to be an atheistic paradise. The, Pastors agreed that they will not participate in that. They said, we are simple pastors. We don't have any political ambitions. We want you to leave the church alone and we will do our spiritual work and social work and do good in our society, but we do not have any in, uh, interest in, in uh, proclaiming atheism or communism in our churches. And so they were therefore arrested one by one, all 15 of them, including my uncle Ladin. And uh, 
uh, instead of being accused of not being cooperative with the Communist Party, they were accused of being spies and, and traitors and uh, economic dealings and, and other issues uh, that they uh, found evidence for through the witnesses that they had brainwashed as well. So the 18, eight months of, of torture that father had in the beginning in the secret police made him confess that he was a spy for America. And that was a big blow to the church because many people now realized, uh, I wouldn't say that they realized that they were spies, but they were afraid that they were not clean people. And the church was in a turmoil. Many people believe this, other people believe that. The end result and the purpose for all these short trials has always been for the communism to be a total totalitarian society. The Marxist philosophy builds on the state should run everything. The state is the supreme power, not God. The state must control every facets of society and therefore uh, that is the only way to build communism and the, ultra, the, the, the future paradise on earth, which will be the, the, the result of many years of socialist upbringing and, 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 and propaganda. So socialism is a, the step to the utopian communism, uh, the atheistic paradise here on earth. And uh, of course, the pastors who was uh, how to say, brainwashed in prison and believed in the cooperation with the communist government became the leaders of the various denominations. So Zaharev became the head of the Pentecostal movement and other people became the head of the Baptist and Methodist and congregational churches. And through these people, the secret police then controlled the churches. They didn't want to ban the churches. They were too smart for that. They wanted the church to build and help them build the communist society. And that is the danger. That is how the infiltration in the churches took place by putting their people on all positions and having informer on every level. Informers that, that uh, if somebody did not sound correctly and help the communist cause, that person disappeared. So was it more popular, this, this strategy, with young people in the churches than it was with older people? Or did, was everyone equally um, uh, prone to this kind of... I would say because of the fear that communism installed in the churches and in society in general, because of all the killings, they killed maybe two, three hundred thousand people in the, in the beginning of the communist uh, takeover of Bulgaria. A country of seven million people, you can understand that almost wow. half a million is a big chunk of the people. So many people knew their relatives were shot or killed or disappeared and, and fear struck the church. And it was mostly among the older people that uh, that, that happened. The young people were infiltrated. They were not as much afraid, but they uh, believed that communism was not such a bad that they could live with it and it will, it will work out and to the better. So they were more accommodating to it, the younger yeah, people. Yeah, okay. That is, that is correct. So this is, this is interesting what you're bringing up because, I mean, I'm already seeing parallels myself um, 
you, you have the goal being this utopia to today in the United States. This is called some kind of equity or equality that we can bring about through government action. You have, um, it's an atheistic idea, like, like the critical theories and things that are being propagated now, but Christians but are- Atheism is on the rise. That is an alarming fact. Yeah, it, well, it is. Secularism in general is on the rise in, the, in this country. Um, but, but Christians, as long as they go along, it, it's fine. Uh, it seems as though that as long as you're with the revolution, then you can, you can have your antiquated beliefs in God, but you've got to be with the revolution. Um, and then if you refuse, there, there are false accusations. And we've already seen this with some Christian leaders where they'll be called things, names like racist, or misogynist, or some of the terms in our country that are popular to tar and feather someone with. Uh, and, um, and then they're replaced with younger leaders who are uh, with the revolution on some level. And, and that's what I'm seeing. Um, what are you seeing when you look at the situation right now in the United States? Uh, things like the Black Lives Matter movement, um, what Antifa is doing, to the urban areas uh, of this country, the Me Too movement from a few years ago and how um, sexism became such a, a, a common thing to accuse someone of. Are you seeing parallels, just different parallels, but, but, but the same kind of thing? The same forces, uh, kind of a combination of anarchism and communism, they, these forces were very active in, in Tsarist Russia from uh, 1870 to revolution in 1905 and, and even later. Those uprising or those mini revolutions were a common, um, common happening in those societies, not only in, in Russia, but also in Germany and, and other, other countries. And that is a precursor, that insta instability that that brings is a, a, a great danger and we uh, must uh, be aware of it. But that is what we see. What is even more dangerous is the, what you do not see, the manipulation behind the scene, the, 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 the uh, removal of Christian people on certain positions, like in the, uh, the justice system or in other places where they, uh, find other reasons to uh, to give them a hard time. Those are, are are equally dangerous because they affect more people than the fighting on the streets, which is fairly local. Okay, now that's fascinating. It is more visual, and you can see it, and you can you can you can have opinion about it. But the uh, underground movement of secular atheism and secular humanism is more dangerous where they don't allow us to preach to 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 pray in school where they uh, act on behalf of uh, people of uh, destroying lives uh, life doesn't matter uh, it is it is not as important you know uh, the, the the communists when they killed uh, a few million people they didn't have a qualm about it. It was, it was just another enemy life that was, uh, that was uh, gone. Uh, it was nothing special. But the sacred life that we Christians believe in does not exist in this kind of atheistic, communistic societies. And that is what is creeping in in the United States today. The, 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 the no respect for life. Mm. 
And it's interesting because you have slogans like Black Lives Matter. It sounds like there is a respect for life, but it's, it seems like it's more of a group mentality that uh, there's a certain group which there's some, they're not equal in some way because of whatever reason they bring up at the time. Uh, they're suffering at greater levels because of COVID or, or whatever. And so they bring that up to, to create a wedge. But you're saying that they don't really care about life. Um, they're, they're, they care about the group. Uh, this, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what would you say if you could go back to Bulgaria, uh, at, knowing what you know now, if you could have gone back as a boy, what would you have warned the church to do uh, in order to stem the tide and prepare themselves for communism? Uh, by uh, learning about what is happening in other countries and what history has uh, to teach us, uh, this was a lack. Uh, only a few of the leaders were, was really uh, well-educated and, and uh, knew what was happening, but the, the general population and the general uh, uh, members of the churches were very ignorant, unfortunately, and that is the problem. We need to be aware of the world. We are not a part of the world, but we need to be aware of the world as Christians. And, 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 and in this respect, the, the, uh, uh, the, the, the thing that I usually say that we need to understand Satan's methods Satan is using many different kind of ism. Communism is one of them. Militant Islam is another one. And this ism needs to be uh, uh, not only um, studied, but also uh, thoroughly investigated in depth in order for, for people to be like vaccinated against it. I hear you. So, so prepare yourselves by understanding and then also uh, coming, uh, comparing uh, the communism and whatever else ism is out there to the truth of the God's word and, and prepare to defend against those attacks. We are, as a church, have uh, made mistakes over the hundreds of years since Jesus, the last 2000 years. One of the mistakes the church w did in the Middle Ages was to become a government. That is, we are supposed to be a salt. We are supposed to be a light. We are not supposed to be a part of the world. Uh, so although it is important that we have Christian parliamentarians or senators or congressmen, that is important. But for the Christianity to be the governing body, like the Roman church, uh, the Roman Catholic Church was in the Middle Ages is dangerous and that's why we have to be careful. The church is a spiritual body, not a political movement. And the political movement has to be done in, with other avenues. We are people who want to be the salt and we want to be the light and we want to shine the light as bright as possible in our societies to warn people from dictatorships warn people from when they are going away from what the bible teaches awesome yeah thank you so much for sharing this uh now your your website is dohi.org door of hope international and you said that people can go there and they can get a copy or they give them if they give you their address they can get a copy of uh tortured for his faith is that correct that is correct 
especially if they are in North America where postage is reasonable because it costs us a, a little bit of money to print the books and then the postage is expensive. So if they would like to read this is a fascinating story that has been published in 25 different languages around the world. Actually, as we speak right now, it is being published in Pakistan in Urdu language. And uh, we want the people there to know what true communism is. It is uh, going to be published in a few months or maybe a few weeks, I should say, in, uh, in um, Lebanon in the Arabic language. So, we are spreading this book and by reading and supporting this work of ours, you are uh, warning people around the world for what, what threats Satan has in their society. And usually atheism and communism is one of the more popular isms. Uh, militant Islam is now, uh, in my opinion, on the way back and on the way out. Uh, take, for example, Sudan, as we speak right now, Sudan has overthrown their militant Islamic leader and they are becoming a more pluralistic society where Christianity will be tolerated and the churches will be still uh, being open. So it is kind of the first country which had a militant Islamic government and now we are pushing back and uh, bringing democracy, pluralism, and uh, love back to a country. We hope that uh, uh, people will pray for Sudan because they are not over the hump yet and that, uh, that uh, God's people's prayers will, will uh, um, help that country to become a, a democratic nation built on, on the values that we Christians adhere to. Why don't you take one minute, just tell us a little bit about your ministry, Door of Hope International, if people want to go and donate or support you. Uh, the beginning of our work was threefold. We were an uh, advocacy, and I started in 1951 to travel in churches in uh, Europe. I lived in Stockholm, Sweden, uh, together with my mom, and we spoke in churches asking people to remember to pray for Father and Ladin and other pastors who were in prison in communist countries. So in the 1963, when the father survived the communist gulag, and unfortunately he was not able to leave Bulgaria, so he was out of one prison uh, to a bigger prison called Bulgaria, and the communists said that you will never be uh, allowed to leave. And he was able to finally, through a miracle, leave Bulgaria and come to Sweden in 1963. And the first thing he told me, I was then 20 years old and a journalist for a newspaper in, in Stockholm, uh, Paul, can you help me to print Bibles? We don't have any Bibles in Bulgaria. So I worked with the uh, we, our newspaper was printed in a, in a press which also printed Bibles, so I contacted the Evangelia Press in, 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 in Rebru, and they were able to print our Bulgarian New Testament and the Ukrainian New Testament, and that's how the work started in Sweden. Uh, a very important part of our work at that time was shortwave broad radio broadcasting, which we did in Russian, Bulgarian, and Chinese over Transworld Radio in Monte Carlo and Ibra Radio and the uh, FEBC in Manila, and, uh, and the Soviet Union was basically 
the target because there was an iron curtain. We were able to bring the gospel over the iron curtain inside those countries. And that uh, made the, the communists very, very angry. Uh, so Bible printing became the second big in the radio broadcasting using the media. So already at that time, we knew the media was an important part of distributing and telling people about Jesus Christ and, and asking people to repent. Uh, today, we are using the media. Transworld, uh, Transworld Radio and shortwave broadcasting is not as critical any longer as we can now broadcast the uh, radio over the radio waves and also through the, the internet. Uh, today we are very heavy on, together with the ministry in Canada, to re reach the people in Iran with the gospel. And it is through the internet and many, many other places in the world is receiving not only uh, broadcasting um, teaching, but also the word of God itself through small chips that they put in their telephones where they can listen to sermons as well as, as uh, listen to, to the word of God uh, spoken to them in their native language. I'm thinking especially of Eritrea, which is the most uh, horrible country in the world from religious freedom point of view. Uh, North Korea is considered the, the number one uh, dictatorship and, and persecution, persecution of Christians, but Eritrea, in my opinion, is number two. The dictator there is making it very, very difficult for believers, and we strongly believe that we must help those people who are persecuted for their faith, and that is one of the main things that I am doing when I travel around the world, is finding out how to help those people, what is their need, and, and how we can address it. It is not only Bibles, it is not only the Word of God in a, in a form of a, a memory chip, but it is also food and clothing and a, a school for their children, etc. We work now both in communist countries as well as in Muslim countries, Iran, Iraq, Pakistan, Eritrea, and other places. Are, are, are target countries for us. Turkey, as you know, is becoming a dictatorship and, and uh, we uh, have a strong influence in that because Bulgaria is so close to Turkey and we have an office in Bulgaria as well. As well as in Australia, we have an office in England, in, in um, France and South Africa and Canada, etc. Well, Well, that, that is awesome. Um... Uh, Mr. Popov, I, I appreciate you giving me some of your time and uh, just a clarion call to warn the church here in the United States and Western world to beware of what happened in places like Bulgaria. Um, I, I, uh, I do encourage my supporters and my listeners who are listening to this right now to go uh, to the website. It is dohi.org, Door of Hope International, and you can request a copy of Tortured for His Faith and find out more what Dora Pope International is doing. Um, Mr. Papa, thank you so much once again. Thank you for inviting me and giving me this opportunity to spread the word. Yeah. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you too. Bye-bye.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.